When you know what you want for the future, you need the present to line up with your goals. UCF Online offers more than 100 fully online programs in healthcare, engineering, criminal justice, and more, so you can get to your future and beyond. From the University of Central Florida's Center for Distributed Learning, I am Tom Cavanaugh. And I am Kelvin Thompson. And you are listening to TopCast, the teaching online podcast, the world's very best podcast. <laughs> you, you just slide these new taglines in. That I'm going I'm to keep trying them until one of them sticks. I, 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 these are not substantiated or validated. We're going to need to employ a fact checker from now, from now on just for the podcast. <laughs> what, three, three Pinocchios for my claims about the world's very best podcast? Like, I, mean, I don't I, know. Hey, I, Sarah I Koenig, she's got nothing on us. <laughs> Cereal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't listened to Serial since season two. It's still going, right? Yeah, it come, yeah, they're yeah, it comes in and out. It shows up every once in a while, but yeah. they're they're also they're part of the New York Times now, I think, and they produce oh, other right? oh. other things. Uh, the first two seasons were quite good. I enjoyed both of those. Um, Me too. I need to get back to them. There was, you know, it's hard to keep up with all the podcasts, right? People come yeah. up with new ones all the time. <laughs> As we are evidence of, everyone's got one. <laughs> 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 Let us have a podcast. Yeah. The bar is low. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's right. All right. So, mm. Kelvin, I see you I see you sipping on your uh, your mug of Joe right there. Oh, my gosh. There's a deep cut, the WebCT mug. Wow. Yes, sir. Look at you. And, and, I, and I, 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 you don't even have to go into the thematic coffee connection. With just that <laughs> mug, I think I've got to thematic connection, but I will let you uh-huh. go ahead and explain what we're, what we're drinking today. What is in the thermos, Dr. Thompson? Well, Dr. Cavanaugh, today's coffee is a single origin Costa Rica from Otis Coffee Company in Winter Garden, Florida. Otis Coffee Company apparently likes to give thematic names to their single origin coffees. They call this one Wine Club. And uh, I don't really know why they called it Wine Club. I assume they gave it that name because one of the tasting notes is red wine. There's no actual red wine, don't get excited, in the coffee. Uh, But it's a tasting note. But to me, the name Wine Club put me in mind of the camaraderie to be found among wine aficionados who pursue excellent wines together. And by the way, while we always put links to the episodes featured coffee in the show notes... Wine Club sold out and is no more, so links to different similar coffees from the same roaster will be in the show notes instead. So, how is this coffee to you, and could you find a connection between the coffee and today's topic? Um, as usual, you're an excellent coffee sommelier. I, uh, I like it. It's good. Um, I'm not picking up wine notes in there, and when you say, don't get excited, I guess my my penchant for a snort or two it precedes me. <laughs> um, we, had, we had that alcohol-infused coffee. Yeah, I know, and I did get a little excited about that once. But yeah, right. um, it, it's good coffee. Thank you. Connection, I'm I'm not as good with. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I have two ideas. Okay, neither one Can't of which wait. you're going to like. Um, uh, one is your mug. 
<laughs> so the mug is the WebCT mug, which is a, is a learning management system that we, we used to be a client of before uh -huh. our friends at Blackboard bought it, uh, and mm -hmm. even after. And then um, the, na the name of this, this uh, particular coffee is, is Wine Club. And uh -huh. if, there's, if there's something that, that people like to complain about more than, the, than the, the, to whine about more than the LMS, I don't know what it is. <laughs> So oh, that's I, good. I don't I think that's the myself. That was good. I don't think that's the that's the connection. No, but, I was really thinking more yeah. about the camaraderie and the pursuing yeah. excellence thing. The pursuing together. excellence. Was, yes, yeah, yes, I, yes. I, I was going with that. I did try to think for a moment about like, do I dare do a, a homonym and do I dare do something about whining? But I didn't go all the way there like you did. So, but that's everything you said is true. <laughs> There's a lot of whining involved with the LMS. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, do you want to introduce our guest? Sure thing, sure thing. Our guest today is our UCF Center for Distributed Learning, or CDL, colleague, Ms. Curleen King. Curleen is a member of CDL's leadership team. That was the non-mystery woo. That was that was no. Tom Cavanaugh on the that woo, ladies woo. and gentlemen. That's My right. trademark woo, yes. Tip your servers. Uh, so Curleen is a member of CDL's leadership team and serves as manager of LMS services with her portfolio, including a team of LMS administrators and a team focused on technical support for digital learning tools. Curleen also serves as our lead LMS administrator and co-leads our work with learning analytics. Outside of UCF, Ms. King is co-facilitator of the Canvas Peers Research Universities Group, or Canvas R1 Peers Group for the insiders. And notably, Curleen is a certified project management professional, and she's a graduate of both the Online Learning Consortium's Institute for Emerging Leadership in Online Learning, i.e. LOL, and Educause's Learning Technology Leadership Institute, LTL. Welcome, Curleen. Thank Woo! you. Thank you for we are having me. Very excited to have you on the podcast, Curleen. In fact, when we first started the podcast and we were talking about guests, and we're talking about years ago, yours was one of the first names that we were talking about. And it's taken us this long to, to find you Shows get you how efficient we are at <laughs> guest scheduling. Yeah. So, Kelvin, it's been a while since. Mm -hmm. um, since we've we've uh, devoted uh, an entire episode of Topcast to, to LMSs or mm -hmm. learning management systems, if you're not familiar with the uh, acronym LMS, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and we do talk about it frequently, though, right? Mm -hmm. um, our last episode that was completely devoted to the LMS, um, if I'm if I'm seeing your notes correctly, was episode <laughs> 12, um, <Yeah>. which is <laughs> titled the LMS. Past, present, and future. It's yeah, a bit we of figured a, we don't need to talk about it anymore because we covered no, all of it. The entire we, we space We covered time it all continuum. in sort of a Dickensian, you know, <laughs> Christmas story or a Christmas Carol kind of uh, kind of a way. The LMS, past, present, and future. But uh, we are here to talk about all of those things with somebody who's actually an expert in the subject, and that's mm -hmm. and that's Curleen. Mm -hmm. So, where where would you like to start, Kelvin? Uh, well. Carleen, I'm just curious. This is this is you know we, we gave you some like hey, we might talk about this, we might talk about that. So let's start with something that's not on your list. So what did you think when we said hey you want to come on a podcast and talk about the LMS? What'd you think? 
you know, I, I wasn't, I, I was like, okay, I guess that's an interesting topic. Some people may want to know about it, you know. You know, it's one of those things, like, when you do it every day, you're like, is it as exciting as people, you know, people want to hear about it in a podcast? And I'm like, I, I assume so. You talked about it before, you know, and I thought it was a very intriguing, you know, session that you did. So I thought, okay, yeah, you know, I'm intrigued. Well, I think you're unnecessarily humble because I, I, you know this because the number of institutions that have come to us, especially after we adopted Canvas, because we were a very early adopter of Canvas, and leaned on our institutional and your specific expertise in trying to set up their Canvas instances, uh, means that they found it pretty interesting. <laughs> and and um, yeah, I, I don't think uh, I, I don't think you can kind of. Uh, underestimate how important it is for the delivery of uh, of online instruction, and even you know supplemented face to face instruction. Now, mm -hmm. I mean, as we're kind of coming out of COVID, um, it's uh, it, it's it's underscored just how important this modality is, even to just traditional instruction. So I, I'll I'll start with a question, and this is one that I think we've talked about before, and one that seems to come up a lot which is this idea, like two competing thoughts. One is that the LMS should just sort of be infrastructure. It's plumbing, right? It's, it is, it's like electricity. It should just sort of be there, but it shouldn't get in the way of what I really want to do. And then the other kind of end of that spectrum is, no, it's a, like a strategic instructional tool that has certain affordances that you just can't get any other way. And you can use it in a certain way to teach that in some ways is superior to maybe what, than what you could do face-to-face. Uh, -face. The complaints faculty often have is it's constraining. It forces you into a certain kind of teaching that, that constrains. But um, I'm wondering where, uh, from your perch, uh, where you might fall on that spectrum um, and, and if you have any thoughts uh, on that tension. You know, I, I kind of see a little bit of both sides of that, right? Because on one hand, I feel like if I'm doing my job well, then the LMS is not at the forefront of the conversation. It's not an interrupter, right? Because at the end of the day, if your goal is to enhance teaching and learning through this platform, then you want the teaching and learning to be the focal point. And so I don't want the technology to interrupt that, you know? So on one hand, I understand that, yeah, I'm okay if it's the plumbing because I, I would rather that everything else, you know, you know, be the, the present thing. But I would say that in order to get to that point, you have to make it, you have to be mindful about it, right? It doesn't just happen. You have to, we do a lot of training here. We do support, you know, you have to think about how can I structure my course in this platform so that you can get to that point. So there's a little bit of both, right? I feel like you do have to pay attention in the beginning. You do have to add, do some work to get it to a point where it just becomes something in the background that you're not even thinking about. Yeah, I think about it like a referee on a on a football field or soccer field or something. They're there to enforce the rules, keep the ball in play, uh, make sure everybody's playing fairly, but not to influence the game, right? To right. kind of go into the background a little bit. This feels like a little bit of an artificial question, but you know, I, I like I like imagery, I like metaphors. I'm always coming up with, almost can't utter a complete sentence without invoking some illustration or metaphorical idiom or something. So I wondered, Carlene, do you have like a preferred metaphor or illustration for the LMS and its place in our institutions? You know, I am, when I think about that, I'm almost laughing because you're asking the LMS admin, you know, like, 
Am I biased? Absolutely. Um, but, you know, when I think about it, I, I, I feel like it's a linchpin, right? I feel like it's it's really important and vital to any institution at this point. I mean, even our institution, when you think about the fact that we don't have enough buildings or you have something like, you know, what happened in the past two years where we were able to move online, how valuable, you know, having an LMS and us, because we have been in this space for a while, how much easier it was for us to transition to that space. I think it's absolutely vital now and I think it's almost expected right because we have students now in K through 12 who are using LMS platforms so they're almost accustomed to it now by the time they get to higher ed so I you know I feel it's vitally important to any institution so I'm, I'm almost up surprised because I've had conversations with people who are just getting into it who are just seeing the value of it but um, for us I think I don't know I can't see us not having an LMS pl um, platform at this institution at all. Lynchpin, I like that. Lynchpin, okay. Yeah, yeah. well, and Lynchpin. you know, if we look at the, the survey data that, that uh, came out early in the pandemic about tool usage, I mean, the, a lot of the narrative and the spotlight has been on Zoom and other tools mm -hmm. like Zoom, mm -hmm. and rightly so. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the actual usage, the number one thing that was used by faculty was the learning management system. It's, it was like 97% of faculty, and I'm not just talking about UCF, it's like across higher education. Mm -hmm. So that was, I think, an unsung hero of, uh, of this particular, you know, <laughs> worldwide pandemic response. And had it not been so ubiquitous already, like if this was 15 years ago, 20 years ago, um, Try standing up an LMS in an emergency like that. It would have been really hard. So yep. you know, I, I think I think your point's well taken. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I have another question about tensions and spectrums. So um, I don't know. Maybe I'm living in sort of a uh, <laughs> this or that kind of space in my head right now. But the other one is, I remember when we moved away from WebCT to our current LMS and. <laughs> Uh, you, you were a big part of that process, Carlene. And um, I remember having these conversations with you and others about, okay, th this platform, the faculty seem to like it because it gives them an awful lot of flexibility. Like they can do whatever they want in some ways. This other platform seems to lock it down for faculty and they can't do as much. And then on the, on the uh, administrative side, some of the platforms had way more dials and switches for the administrators to customize and do global or local or departmental or even class-based sort of sections, you know, section configurations. And, and then other platforms didn't have that kind of granular control, but maybe offered other things that were, that were good. And it seemed like there was this tension between control and customizability that um, I'm not sure we, we completely navigated. You know, we were at the mercy of sort of what the marketplace had to offer at the time. But um, I'm wondering if you have a preference, um, it, both as an administrator and as someone, you know, in, in light of your previous comments about kind of the LMS getting out of the way. Right. And I, I think, you know, as somebody who loves technology and loves tinkering with technology, I love customizability. I love being able to, you know, play with all the bells and whistles. But in actuality, and probably some of this is because I, I remember being a part of that process. And as we were looking at different tools and, you know, what, you know, some of them had a lot of bells and whistles and would that be too confusing and, and for faculty and whatnot. But going back to the original point, you know, I go back to what's the purpose of the LMS, right? And if it's to enhance teaching and learning, then 
you wonder if some of those bells and whistles will get in the way of that because then it adds a level of complexity that, you know, both students and faculty are going to be impacted by every single time they go into the platform. And so to reduce that, you figure, you know, ease of use just just makes sense. You know, we can start there. I think it's a good starting point and that could be a good focal point. I know that we we love the, the, the fact that tool that we can customize it and we have the option to customize it. And I think that helps for the, the, the faculty because it's a niche faculty group really who go after certain tools, but the majority are able to function with what's there. Once what's there makes sense and, it work, and you know, does what it needs to do. So I think, but I just go back to like, what's the purpose? You know, if it's, let's not get, let's not let the technology get in the way of what they need to do. And so for that, I would go with ease of use. Though it's hard because I love technology. So I love tinkering with new things and seeing all the bells and whistles. And, you know, I understand too, that you can use some of those, those things to enhance the teaching and learning, you know, to enhance the content. So there, there is value in having some of these, what we call LTIs or add-ons to the platform, but at the core of it, just if that works well, I think we'll be okay. Is that primarily, Curleen, from like the user experience, the ease of use, or is that, is that also true of kind of popping the, the hood on the metaphorical car and, um, you know, from the behind the scenes administrative role, do you do you like just kind of plain ease of use from that perspective as well? Or do you like highly customizable features in your administrative tool set? From the administrative side, I think you want a little more complexity, right? Because we're, 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 we try to put up barriers in certain places because we don't want people to accidentally cause more damage, right? Or more harm to themselves. And so we go into the system and we say, okay, maybe we should turn off these features, turn on these features. Maybe we should extend admin access to other people, but turn off things that may cause some damage. So from our side, you and, and plus I think we have, we, we have a little more expertise, a lot of technical expertise. So I think a little bit of complexity is okay. We can maneuver through that. We can figure that out. But I think from the end user perspective, I hope that, you know, ease of use, not having to think about, you know, what you have to do every time you have to go into the LMS, but have it be an afterthought. And, you know, you go into your course, you go to a module, you go through the modules, you go to your quizzes, you just know what to do and you're not thinking about it. I think that's the end goal. But like I, like I said before, it takes work to get to that end goal, right? For us to get to that end goal, we, we had to turn on some bells and whistles in the background so that you it looks like this to you. Yeah, well, I was going to go back, but um, it's, a, it's another question that, that we've, we've talked about a lot. Um, you, you mentioned LTI, which is learning tools interoperability. For those that are not familiar with that, it's a, it's a, a standard a compatibility, interoperability standard uh, that comes from IMS, which is now called One Ed Tech. Um, and um, one of the things we talked about back in that episode 12 uh, of, of TopCast was this idea of sort of the, the potato head uh, analogy metaphor of, all right, so maybe the LMS will, will evolve to a, a point where it's just a, a grade book. It's just a roster. And then through standards-based integrations, you, you plug in different tools from various providers to, to assemble the LMS that you like the best. So, so maybe you, you pull in a discussion board from one LMS and a, uh, I don't know, a quiz tool from another, and they all kind of get plugged together in a way through these open standards so that it, it really does become, you know, Legoized um, in, a, in a way. 
Uh, we haven't quite reached there. Um, and I wonder if, one, if you think we will, and, and if you think that's a good idea, because now you suddenly have to be like expert, not just in one system, but like in, in multiple systems as, right. from an administrative point of view. I, I think, and we've had some of these conversations before, before, especially with the vendor, where, you know, there's what should be part of the core LMS, and then what are things that should be add-ons, right? And I think the general consensus and agreement was that the basic functionality should be, like you said, the gradebook, assignments, assessments, discussion, communication, make those things work really well, because those are the core features of an, any LMS. And then, you know, it's okay to have add-ons, but I, I agree with you they they're not consistent so everything you have to look you it's a different way of learning it it's a different way of maneuvering through it it's a different way of supporting it so though every add-on that you add has a level of complexity to it and so it, it may end up taking away from what you really are trying to accomplish you know so I think that's always that's been a topic because we're when you talk about things like um, maybe I want to say Canvas, we're, we're with the Canvas platform right now. And, you know, they talked about making the quizzing engine an LTI. And that became a big conversation, right? Because now I think people are kind of walking that back. You know, maybe that should be a part of the core product. And I think they have even said that as well, because it makes it harder to integrate other tools within another LTI, you know? So it ends up becoming a bigger issue than I think people initially realized. But people are accepting of things like analytics. That can be an add-on. You know, other, other, you know, other tools like Zoom and other tools that we use to help support the LMS, those things are okay being an add-on. But the core features, I think the general consensus is let that be built into the LMS, let, let that be built into the LMS, let that work seamlessly, and let that be your focus. Mm -hmm. Extending that a little bit, um, and maybe as we begin to at least see the runway on the horizon um, and begin thinking about wrapping up, big picture, if you had like magical superpowers or something and it could improve anything about the state of today's learning management system without naming names, I mean we're not going to call out any one particular product, but just, you know, looking at learning management systems broadly, if you could improve any one thing about them in their current state, what would it be and why? I think I think the biggest thing would be better insight into how it's being used. Um, you know, I, I was even thinking about like a futuristic thing, like using AI to tell a faculty member, hey, you know, that last quiz that you did, question three, 73% of your students got that wrong. Maybe that's a question that you may need to look at. Just some like a little prompt here and there because you have the inform, you have the data, you're collecting tons of data, but we just don't get that level of insight to be able to do something actionable with it. And I think a lot of schools are trying, so are we, and you know, but we haven't gotten to that point yet where we're able to make those kinds of decisions and show a faculty member how students are maneuvering through your class so that if you're asking yourself, like, how should I, you know, use the same structure next semester, but you realize students are just jumping from, a, you know, an item that says it, you have an up upcoming quiz and they just jump to that versus going through your modules and going through all the articles and videos that you've put into the course so they can better understand, you know, the topic, you realize they're jumping around and not doing those things, then that might be good to know, you know, as you're building out your courses and stuff like that. So that's what I think about, you know, I think that would be um, certainly helpful. And of course, we look at it from the student perspective as well, you know, how can we use that information? 
organization to help them be better and, you know, maybe turn in their assignments on time. At one point, Canvas had a tool that we, um, we I think we were part of the pilot where they would nudge students. Mm-hmm. And they talked about how, how much that benefited a lot of students and the impact it had. Just a, remi- just a simple nudge to say, hey, you have an assignment coming up. You know, but that, and that was based on data that they collected over time. So I would love to see more of that in the future. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Yeah, the the insights and the and the proactive use of data within within these systems. We just we have not completely leveraged uh, to the benefit of faculty and students. Yeah, totally agree. So Kelvin, um, mm-hmm. I'm looking at my cup and mm-hmm. my my timer, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm thinking this this might be uh, a good place to sort of wrap things up. Yeah, that sounds good. Shall I try to put a Button on the bow on the runway? Yeah, whatever. Throw them all in there, all the metaphors. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Well, uh, perhaps we might say that the learning management system is still, red alert, still core to the work of online education. To make use of this platform as a strategic institutional tool, we need to cultivate a vision for strategic use and to invest in appropriate staffing and support to carry out that vision. How's that? Yeah, definitely. And when it comes to appropriate staffing, you couldn't ask for better than Kerline King. Thank That's you, right. Kerline, for being on the podcast. It was, it was really a pleasure to, uh, to have you here to talk about the LMS. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Sure. So um, I, guess, I guess that'll do it. Thank you for the coffee, Kelvin. Mm-hmm. Um, until next time, for TopCast, I'm Tom. I'm Kelvin. See ya. See ya.